0: My name is Adam Eberhardt, and you are listening to the Emerald Podcast Network. Welcome to the Emerald Podcast Network. I'm Sean Meadow.
1: And I'm Will Campbell.
0: And I'm Alec Cowan. This is the Emerald Soccer Talk, Soccer Podcast. We don't have a name. Let us know if you have one. Any of you listeners out there.
1: First person to recommend a name for us. It's the name. That's the name. Well, we're going to have him as a guest on the show, too.
0: I'll take that, actually, uh, I rather than the name, because we could get a Bodie McBoatface situation. And if you don't know what that is, go look it up. I know
1: the Sir David Attenborough. Soccer McSock Voice?
0: Yeah. What was it? Soccer, uh, the one for San Diego? Soccer McSock Voice? Yeah, something like that. Mm. San Diego, trying to create an MLS franchise. Ended up with a funny one like Bodie McBoat face, But we've got a lot to talk about here. On Soccer McSockface. <laughs> on Soccer McSockface. That's that's what we're going with. Um, we're not going to get into American soccer too much. That'll come at the end. We're going to start off with the transfer window. We'll transition to some talk about England. Just the domestic leagues there because there's so much going on from the Premier League to the FA Cup, the EFL Cup. Controversy in the Merseyside Derby and controversy in up in the boots VAR virtual the uh, the video assistant video. referee. Yep. Yep. Which has been used here in the states. Yeah, we've been using it for some time now. In MLS yeah. it was tested out in USL and moved on and upward. Oh, Bundesliga also used it this season. Anyway, US Men's National team is what we'll close with, but first, like promised, transfer window. There's some done deals, guys. Coutinho. That's a big one. I think that has to be brought up first. He's off to Barcelona, roughly 145 million pounds. Mm-hmm. That's how many dollars
1: money. does that translate to? Around 200.
0: <laughs> 200 or so, a little over 200. Mm. I can look that up. But in the meantime, thoughts on that transfer, guys? I think. I think.
1: I think me, we all saw it coming.
2: Yeah, I mean, as a Liverpool fan, it was definitely inevitable. Uh, looking at Barca's offers before the season started, uh, Coutinho's had a great year. Um, he, he's been. Definitely on mark to make his goal threshold that he does yearly and just smash through that. So he's had a pretty spectacular year, even while part of that was during an injury reserve. So I'm happy for him. He, that's, he said that's his dream destination. He wants to go to Barca. Of course, he's got a big year coming up for Brazil. So you just for a guy who's been on the team for so long and has had such a good career for Liverpool, taking Liverpool
0: so far to where they are right now, I'm nothing but happy for him. A little over 200 appearances for the Reds. I think it's a good move um, for Liverpool and for Barcelona. I think that's a creative player who can fill the hole of Iniesta when he has to move on. He's gonna play an attacking style that you'd liken to Neymar, a Brazilian, as well, and a good young player. Who they lost? He's young. He's got years exactly. That's that falls into this. Iniesta could he create a legacy there? I think it's good. It's a lot of money, and that's a lot of money for Liverpool to use. And I think Barcelona might be looking at themselves in the mirror a little bit, going, that's right a little under. And I think half it's. Of, <laughs> it's one, the, one of the biggest things has been. They spent a, lot, the... they, they got a They got 200, what, 222 million pounds for Neymar? Yeah, it's likening him to Neymar's price tag a little bit. Well, but
1: know. even in like three or four years since Neymar's been at Barcelona, the whole market is totally. It all blown started up. with Paul it, it's Pogba. Just, it's, yeah, it. it like, it's players are being bought and sold right now for three years. It's probably double than it was three years ago, or than it would have been three years ago. It's just it's absurd how, how much money players are being bought and sold for. And I think it's in a huge bubble that's gonna burst sometime soon here. And I I, I don't I don't like what I'm seeing in the future for the Premier League if this is gonna happen.
0: He's a little hypocritical from Jurgen Klopp. He's said some stuff where he says I'll never spend a lot of money on a player and then he goes and buys Virgil van Dyke for 75
1: million pounds. And then he said he doesn't saying look at the, the 90 price. million
0: pound price tag for Paul Pogba was outrageous and then he spends 15 million pounds less on a center back. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That that to me is hypocritical Then he sells Coutinho for the 145 million pounds saying we're not a selling club, we're not going to do that. That that to me that would worry me as a Liverpool fan is what's you can't really what's trust what you're intention.
2: Well, there's, a lot of, you know, there's been a lot of questions with Klopp's leadership, particularly around transfers. And all this really started coming up around back in the fall when they were looking at trying to sell, they weren't trying to sell Coutinho, but Barca was trying to come at Liverpool with some pretty big offers. And that's around the time that Klopp was saying, we need to invest in core players. We need to build this team around someone and we can't get back to this kind of big stage of prowess if we keep selling off our best players. And then of course we have the Coutinho sell for, you know, 150 million, which was more than what Barca was, I believe it was more than what Barca was coming at in the fall. So I mean, it's also a question of timing. Um, If they try and transfer Coutinho back in, you know, coming up in the summer, maybe they can get less for him after the season's over. Maybe that price comes down a bit. I mean, the timing of it does seem a little awkward as well for both clubs. I mean, you have he's not cup eligible, so it won't really matter in the UCL upcoming UCL. The games league is pretty Bursa. wrapped up right now. Yeah, at least it feels that way. Exactly, and it's hard to kind of you're looking at you know you add Van Dijk to try and boost this defense that has been kind of the crux of of Liverpool moving forward, and. You know the idea is maybe you get Coutinho for that good money. You invest in some more defensive players. I mean, the offense for right now seems pretty set between Mane, Firmino, Alana's back from injury, uh, Salah, of course. So the the offense seems pretty set. And so a bit, but at the same time you're trying to get players in the middle of the season when a lot of clubs
0: aren't necessarily looking to just dump off players. And they've got they've got weeks to do it. Riyad Mahrez is linked pretty heavily to Liverpool. Mm-hmm. His betting odds, (laughs) number one right now, that's the club.
1: Do you think Klopp's going to stay at Liverpool?
2: I think it depends on how the rest of this year goes.
1: Because I've always had the suspicion that he is just waiting for Arsenal, for Arsene Wenger to leave.
0: I don't think so. I don't think he wants that Arsenal job. I don't think the
1: Arsenal job's attractive because you have Arsene Wenger blowing
0: the club up, selling Sanchez, not re-signing him. He's not going to re-sign Ozil. He's gonna leave for free in the in the summer potentially, if not for are, money now. And then you have Jack Wilshere, who I, hasn't signed a new contract. Why are you waiting till six months out of the contract to start negotiating, or if at least make the decision earlier? Because at this point, you're losing money, and that's I think a big part. And I, I mean, I look at Klopp at Liverpool, and that's good business in a sense for what he sold Coutinho for, and I guess what he gets from Virgil Van Dijk which is a center back. They didn't have one in Dejan Lovren. Yeah, and Virgil van Dijk certainly isn't one of the best defensive
2: players in, in the league. I mean, he had he's a perfect not, debut. He's not going to radically turn around the defense. They still need other set pieces around him to complement his his abilities. And yeah, he did have a fantastic debut. I, I mean, think he gets the game winner against Everton in the FA Cup. So,
0: Merseyside Derby debut, and you're able to do that in late minutes of the game, get up into the box and... Do that, head that one home. That's that's perfect, I think. So certainly good stuff to see so far. But then, I mean, I think
2: depending on how, I mean, we'll talk about Champions League later. But how Liverpool progresses in the later stages of that, how the final four teams in the EPL start to shape up, because I mean, you look at, I mean, Liverpool's not that far behind Chelsea. You've got. Arsenal, Tottenham coming up behind them. So it's really just a toss-up as to who's going to get that fourth spot and
0: who's going to get that Mm -hmm. UCL berth next year. It's pretty much wrapped up, man. City's probably winning that title. They're rumored for some moves, but the moves that have already been done, at least, in that upper upper half, that top six, besides Liverpool, who have definitely been the most active in this transfer window. Ross Barkley to Chelsea, only 15 million pounds a few years ago. He was linked for a 30-35. Everton an everton homegrown player and he's leaving that that's that's a bitter taste I'm sure in his mouth as well as that for Evertonians but that's a great move for Chelsea because 50 million pounds is nothing in today's market they can sell him probably for that to Sunderland in two years when he's if he's a flop and if he's a success he's an absolute bargain so this is a win-win situation I think for Chelsea Arsenal they get a center back they and Liverpool probably the two worst defense in the upper half of the Premier League. Mm-hmm. Um, they played to a 3-3 game <laughs> over the Christmas period. That was pretty entertaining, I'm oh, sure. Oh, exciting game. It was crazy. I don't know. You guys are on the ends of those spectrums. I'm watching from a neutral standpoint. That was an awesome game, mm-hmm. but also a terrible game because that came down to the defense blunders. And I don't know if the, you can really go game of the season if the defense is the reason that goals are going in. But and part of it wasn't surprising. I mean, same thing
2: happened against Sevilla in the UCL. So That's I a good mean, point. You hate to see well, it was like three goals in a matter of it was less than ten minutes for sure. I mean, you hate to see that that quick of a turnaround. But you, the second half collapse of Liverpool's defense has certainly been one of the bigger problems.
0: And that's well, where Van Dijk is big, I think. And Arsenal signing a uh, Mavropanos—that's a Greek player. Who yeah, can,
1: he's still. I mean, he's still young, and he he's can step gonna, in. He's gonna have to go on loan first before he. I don't, be, Personally, I think he'll go alone before he ever plays. But um, I don't know. Like Arsenal, they have they have this back three thing going now, and these two wing backs, and it's like I I'm not sure whether they're trying to be more more defensive because it kind of seems like they're just not they're less defensive because like Bellerin and and uh, will like go up the sides and then. Those are usually the two weak points where teams will find Arsenal's defense break down from the wings, and then they have, they have like it makes you
0: miss the days of Gail Clichy and yeah, Bar a Kaysanya, little bit. Right? yeah,
1: right. And but, I mean the center, the center, ha- the center backs are going to be, uh, Koscielny and and Mustafi, and those two, Mustafi's still sort of young, Koscielny's pretty old nowadays. But then, like our third, center back in that position. It's going to be a young, inexperienced player. We had, there's about two or three of them who, who rotate in and out of that. But I mean, we still have some injury problems with Montreal and whatnot. But like uh, Chelsea has this system now too, where they have the three center backs, and it seems like more players in the Premier League are starting to do that. And I, I don't know, I don't really know why. I don't know why, and I don't really know where I'm going with this. But
0: I mean, that's attacking football.
1: Yeah, you got to
0: have a counterattack in modern football, and that's part of it. But part of that attacking football, that's, that's going to lead me into this next part about the rumor mill. Alexis Sanchez could be leaving Arsenal to mm-hmm. Man City. I think it's happening. Kevin De Bruyne is quoted as saying, when he comes, he will add something to the team. He just said when. That means it's happening. If, if, if a player on the team he's going to is saying that, Man City already with the title practically locked up, and they're probably going to get him for a bargain somewhere in the 30 million, £40 million no pound, 40 billion pound range. He's got six months on his contract. All he's got to do is sit his, himself on the bench for six months, stall contract negotiations with Arsenal, and he can take the train up three hours to Manchester and be playing for City for free. So, we'll, we'll see. But that's that's why it'll be so low, and that's again Arsene Wenger's fault. Now he's also got Ozil, possibly going to Man United, reuniting with Jose Mourinho. They played together. They work together. At Real Madrid, and you have. Lucas Mora he's linked with United apparently United want him according to the gossip today those are those are really the big talk from the rest of the the rumor mill and I want to leave it there as rumors, but Alexis Sanchez, I think is probably got the most leg to it he's, yeah I think he's such a talented player, and they put him on the bench today against chelsea i I think he's that on, tells me yeah he's I gone. think he's on
1: the way out the, out the door um I'm not too upset about it i Sanchez is he's good sometimes, but he's maybe the most inconsistent player on Arsenal.
0: I'd say that's mesodosal. I haven't seen a player fall off in big games more than him.
1: Maybe, but I mean Alexis Sanchez turns the ball over more often than he he, he does he's the he does it more than any other player on the team. So the, and like so people call it the Alexis ta- tax. Mm -hmm. Like he's he'll score some crazy goals and some clutch goals every once in a while. Like Jesse Lingard, all Lingard scores is. But Sanchez, watch him play. He loses the ball half the time he has it, and he well he takes a lot of risks. How much exactly? How much
0: is that him having the guts to run at defenders because not enough players do that anymore because they're scared to to lose it. And a guy that like Alexis Sanchez can get by you. He can burn you. He drops his shoulder. And he's passed you the other direction. It's, sure, but, yeah, I mean. He can he can be lethal. It just depends
2: on where the ceiling is there.
1: I Absolutely. I don't know. I'd, I'd rather have Sanchez leave than Ozil. I think. Ozil's a player who you can build your team around. Sanchez isn't. Sanchez he's going back too, to Pep. He's too volatile. That's essentially
0: what's happening here. Yeah that that's essentially what's yeah, happening. Exactly I don't think happening. it's it's a lack of loyalty at Arsenal it's But we'll a, see what happens because you know to
1: pep. I think when Arsene when Arson Wenger sold RVP to Manchester United he learned his lesson to don't, you know, don't sell your big players to other British clubs. So I I am sort of suspicious about Alexis going to Manchester City because like like I said that he, he I think he's learned the lesson, but I don't know. I
0: don't I don't, I don't think he's learned that lesson. We'll see. I think he should have figured that out a long time ago. And we've already talked a little bit about the Premier League and that winter period was <laughs> it was pretty eventful, a lot of soccer going on out there. The the highlight for me has to be that 3-3 Arsenal Liverpool game, but Man City kind of running away with it. They're 62 points. Next best is Man United at 47. Then it's that's where it gets fun. 46 Chelsea in third. 44, Liverpool in fourth, 41, Spurs in fifth, and Arsenal 39 points at sixth. I mean, all it takes is the right combination, and all those teams are in a different place. That's exactly it. I think you get just a little bit of a win streak. Um, Liverpool, I want to say, had 16 points out of 18 at one point possible. Yeah. They just have another spurt like that, and they're into second. No problem.
2: Yeah. I mean, Man U for a while there was had a pretty sizable distance from Chelsea, and it
0: looked like it was a two horse race. Now exactly. it's over, and and now it's
2: it's it's back up.
0: It's exciting. I think the 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 fun part, at least, is that there's at least something at the top to pay attention to. Come the end of the season this year, normally I end up focusing somewhere <laughs> around 14 down, and that's going to be fun too. Swansea and West Brom both 16 points at the bottom in the cellar. Stoke 20 points as well as Southampton 17th, Bournemouth 21, West Ham and Palace not out of trouble yet as well as Newcastle, Brighton, and Huddersfield and Watford for that matter. Everton, I think, can call themselves safe enough right now, but uh, the magic number of 38 points, 40 points, somewhere around there, should keep you up. But there was not just Premier League over the winter period, there was the FA Cup, and that had some controversy mm. that had some upsets, mm-hmm. and that had some VAR. We'll get into VAR in a second, but first, Arsenal played Nottingham Forest. The American, Eric Lehigh, two goals. Didn't get to finish the hat trick and get his puppy, but he got his puppy <laughs> later. Go Google that yeah, one. That's a great I, fun story. I mean, I don't, but
1: I don't really, 4-2, not I don't know Forest. what to say about that, but yeah, I— I have no comment.
0: On Defending that. champs, out. No comment from Will Campbell. No. I think that's detrimental because that's the trophy Arsenal fans can at least say. that they're in to. I don't want to, the don't want to f- start of the anymore. season. Exactly. I <laughs> want to
1: see how bad Arsenal can get. And and oh, I want all the fans it's who. At that point now. I want all the fans... It's like Arsenal's getting sick, and all the fans who aren't, they, who don't like Arsenal as so much, are gonna they're gonna die off, and then all of us who still stick with the club. When we have our comeback, it's going to be glorious, and we're going to say, "I was there when we were in the pits." That's 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 a chant. Where were
0: you when we were? Shh. You figure out the work. Um,
1: <laughs> so you know, is all the pain I'm receiving right now? I'm just I'm just storing it all away, and I'll just unleash it when Arsenal is the best team in the league again.
0: Oh. Okay, so 2004 was that the last time? Yeah.
1: Okay. 04, 04,
0: 5 So that'll be the last. And then time, we're in right? the
1: Champions League in 0-6 in the final.
0: In the final. Uh-huh.
1: Lost to Barcelona. Didn't
0: win the final. No, we were in it. Okay, just just making sure you knew that. Wow. Um, <laughs> the Merseyside derby, though, for me it was that was probably the best game of the FA Cup. Sorry to Forrest, but yeah, Forrest was pretty awesome. Uh, the Merseyside derby, I always like a gritty battle, and those derbies are always what they produce. But the controversy coming out of that was Well can I- let's let's just forget about the 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 score line but focus on the one piece that happened out of that that's that's gonna be talked about for a little bit. And that's Roberto Firmino getting pushed out of bounds, turning around. He he ends up stumbling into the crowd. Yeah, he goes into the stands. And he comes running right back in. He's chirping. With his pearly white teeth. Blinding white teeth. And he might have said some things. And I think it it comes back once again to this Luis Suarez-Patrice Ever incident that happened years ago. And Liverpool botched. Suarez gets, I think, a 10-game ban. Liverpool sort of defends him. They wear t-shirts. They support him. And you can't be having that your player sits there and says or says something yeah it's the heat of the moment but the fact you said that you can't be thinking like that and there's no place for it in soccer and there's no place for it in 2018 especially on the field there sets so it's a bad example Luis Suarez did it faced a punishment Bobby Firmino should face one too if he's found guilty I don't know we'll see the TV cameras caught Suarez I don't know. The TV cameras caught this one. I, I mean, I've seen the replay. I can't tell what he's saying yeah, necessarily. I, I know that there was.
2: There's been talk of investigation into like social media posts as well, to see if there's kind of
0: any corroborative. What do people think you said? There's a lot of Liverpool fans who went after the Everton player.
1: What do people think he said?
0: Forgotten who the Everton player was. That's bad on me. But the, it's it's contested that there was some like racially. This whole game, right? was Holgate. Yeah, it was Holgate. Yeah, so Holgate was, Mason Holgate was racially abused potentially by yeah. Roberto Firmino after the push. Roberto Firmino says, was, quote, not her to have used racist language, but there's an investigation still going. Looking into social media. That, that, that Bobby Madley, the referee, did, said he didn't hear it. Yeah. But that happened, I believe, in probably, that's that's happened in most of the, Racial abuse situation um, that's happened on the fields. I don't think the referee heard it when John Terry racially abused Anton Fernand. I don't remember whether or not Luis Suarez incident was heard, but that's one right there. the The push from Holgate definitely led to the outburst, but the outburst you cannot have happen. I think I think Liverpool has a second chance here if he gets convicted or. I, can't, I don't know if "convicted" is the right word to use, but if he gets found guilty of that and faces punishment, I think Liverpool's got to not come out in defense of Firmino and rather say, "Yep, it was bad." He'll be punished internally as well. Well, and there are a lot of and leave it at that. Different
2: aspects to this as well. I mean, you have Liverpool going to Spartak Moscow early in the UCL and mm-hmm. leveraging charges against the Spartak crowd of racial abuse against Brewster. That goes in Liverpool's favor.
0: Russia's uh, a whole different story, and they've got the World Cup. Remember that.
2: Exactly. And it, it's certainly, I mean, you, you look at Suarez and Firmino as well, and also looking at the more global stage with Spartak. I mean, this is certainly an issue that is seems to be endemic in whatever league is... Is playing at this point and especially of of course looking at the future for Russia I mean how players feel I mean if they feel I mean if they feel comfortable going to a place that it doesn't seem to be surprising almost at this point
0: yeah and I think Russia's got a big problem for it we'll see what happens this summer in the World Cup but that that's a that's a whole different bag of worms and So is VAR, but we're going to open that one right now. And Brighton Brighton and Hove Albion playing in the FA Cup on the Monday fixture had Glenn Murray's game-winning goal right at the end looked at and said, it's clean. It looked like it could have come off his arm. It looked like he might have been offside. They looked at the offside. He's onside. They look at the arm. I think it hits his knee. It goes in. That's a goal. It, there's no question to it. So VAR 1 for 1 there. And that that was that was big because again the VAR has come in MLS it's been big before and you know today you had you had it in the Chelsea Arsenal EFL Cup semi-final first leg. And apparently there was there was some uh some controversy. I haven't seen it, but Everyone upset about the call because it doesn't go their way. And they're saying it stole the limelight and it was used today. Controversy in favor of Arsenal. And that one ending nil-nil. Well, okay. But how much can you blame one call on the outcome of a game? Because for me, that's nonsense. You can't continue to... To argue against technology in the game because it's needed at this point no, it
1: definitely is i I and when players are being bond sold for two hundred million dollars, you know you, every game is so much it means so much, but I don't know I've been seeing the the VR in MLS and it's it makes the right decision and um, Arsenal played Chelsea in the Premier League. Uh, what two weeks ago mm-hmm. and Chelsea got they drew a PK and I've seen the Have you seen the replay for that? It was on it was on each hazard,
0: the hazard one, the
1: hazard one. It was not a PK.
0: There's been a lot of non penalties and I think, yeah, I think the the Merseyside Derby. In the but Premier League, the, okay, the, but the classic the classic, last, the the classic last, argument the penalty for is, the penalty gets pulled back if it's if it's called, and we've seen it happen in MLS, and we've seen it incorrectly used. But I think on the most part, it, it as long as it helps a little bit and fixes calls a little bit, yeah. then it's that's good enough for well, me. The classic
1: argument for a player when they interview him, say, saying like if you know if there was a unfair. Call, but it got called in their favor. Then they'll say, "Well, you know, well, sometimes calls go for you, and sometimes they go against you." But, like, why, why should we have that much uncertainty in the game? We should have a, as much certainty as possible. I, I'm totally for the VAR. It's, it's a little disruptive, but I don't know. I've been watching so much soccer, and and it's, I think it's worth it.
0: It, it does come down to, I think. The fans accepting it and just being okay with the game moving on.
1: Well, there's so much demand for it. I don't think it, it matters. Has, it has to. Yeah. It
0: has to come. It does. Just like going to Whatever technology. fans
1: stop watching or buying tickets because of VAR are immediately going to be replaced. There you go. So. I think on
0: that note, we're going to move it to the U.S. The men's national team, they call up a January camp. It's young. There's a lot of first-time call-ups. That's exciting, I think, to see, including um, including some young players who, like I said, I have not seen call-ups before. One of them actually was my high school soccer coach, so that's neat. Christian Ramirez, a forward for Minnesota United, never capped, so he's finally called up. But the 30 called up for the January camp. Are you still in touch with so him? A little bit. Did Social you wish media. him a con- yeah. uh, congratulations? I sent him a message. But Did he respond?
1: No, because oh, he's been no. bombarded. Oh,
0: well. I go look at his Instagram comments and Twitter comments. It's, yeah, it's
1: crazy. So well, I'm, I'm not offended
0: at all. I've, I saw him around. During well, I'm, the I breaks, email people
1: all the time and they don't respond. That's so. fine. It's fine. You're used I'm to not it offended, as a journalist. Coach. Oh yeah,
0: yeah. absolutely. Mm-hmm. But some major call ups: Brooks Lennon, a young player for RSL. Nick Lima from the San Jose Earthquakes. He's just recently come through the Cal Berkeley.
1: What about Lehigh? Was he called up?
0: Eric Lehigh? I don't think so because the January camp you don't want to bring the European players mm-hmm. across. It's generally well. The, is Lehigh local, gonna be? Ones. Oh, he's he's. For me, he should be always considered now. So, that's that's my opinion on that. But yeah, but the January camp Arsenal isn't now. the biggest U.S. men's national team news though. It's got to be the loss of Jonathan Gonzalez. He's decided to go and play. For Mexico over the U.S., yet another loss for the U.S. after failing to make it into the World Cup.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Eh, you can't have that happen. I think that might be one of the bigger losses right there, is players are are we weir- are, are wary of the uh, of the, the the mess up that is U.S. soccer right now. The presidential spot, uh, the U.S. president spot, is uh, up for grabs right now for the federation. Eric Winalda. Who's the head coach Looks now? Looks like he's the running. It, it's we don't have it. It's one. an interim right yeah. now. So, so we have the president
1: will, and the head coach the, jobs a up lot grabs, up right? Right? in
0: the air right now yeah. in the federation. So right now, I think that's big. Maybe Oprah Winfrey could do that job. <laughs> I don't think that's the president uh, position that people are talking about. Dang She's it. running for. I knew I had something confused there. Well, yeah, that one's in I think Washington D.C. If I'm correct. Um.
1: um yeah. Not the well. I've just been expecting Caleb Porter to take either of those jobs. Really,
0: Caleb Porter. Yeah, Caleb Porter. I think is one of the better candidates right now for the U.S. men's national team spot after leaving the Timbers. Yeah, and I would
1: be upset if he didn't get that. I think job. he's in the consideration, but he I think be. I
0: think it has to come down to who's the new president has to has to play a role in picking that. Even if they say it shouldn't be, some say it shouldn't be. I think it should. But Sunil Gulati leaving U.S. soccer as president. You have Carter who's running. She's the front runner right now. That's an in house selection right there. But uh, Eric Winalda, Kyle Martino, Hope Solo, they're all running as well. <laughs> yeah. You heard Hope, Hope Solo. Hope Solo is running, isn't she? Yeah, she is. Well, how is she do you feel going? about she that? got the trend? delegation. I think that's great. Why? you got to get some diversity in there. Okay. Mix it up. But don't what about she... her as
1: a person?
0: I don't know what that means.
1: You don't know what that means. What do you mean? Like, how do you feel about her as a person? She can do whatever she wants. I mean, but, like, how do you feel about her as a person?
0: I don't have any... Alec, what do you, how do you feel about Hope Solo right so as a person? I'm going to sit this one out. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, the the U.S. Soccer Federation in a bit of trouble right now. President race is, is coming soon, and we'll see what that leads to. Um, I think Eric Winalda... Would actually be a really good choice for it because of his—he's his, touched down to the ground. He's played for the U.S. men's national team. He's been in the the commentators' booth. He's been in the studios. He's been on the sideline. He'd be good for the women's game too. There's a lot of positive to give it to him. He's an outsider in a sense, but he's also an insider, and I think that's the way it should go for that, so there's a lot in store for US soccer in the next year, and including not being in the twenty eighteen men's World Cup. They do have the U twenty Women's World Cup to look forward to though, in Trinidad and Tobago. So that's a positive at least. But other than that, <laughs> nothing much else. Plenty of transfers, plenty of English soccer and a little bit of US soccer plenty in of controversy. this episode. <laughs> and a lot of controversy here on the Emerald Podcast Network. So take your time to re-listen to this podcast or go and listen to some other ones as well. You can subscribe at SoundCloud or wherever you get your podcasts, on iTunes, Stitcher, really wherever you get your podcasts. Go and get it there. DailyEmerald.com as well. Tune in there. Alec Cowan, Will Campbell, I'm Sean Meadow. We'll see you next time on the Emerald Soccer Podcast on the Emerald Podcast Network.